Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Treehouse, Episode 4, Saps Rising, that seven-league boot thing. With Danny Baker and me, Louise Pepper. That's seven-league boot thing. <laughs> Not a thing you hear a lot of anymore, seven-league boots. When I was a kid, I used to really think they were something. What, what was a seven-league boot? But there you have me. But I thought there was something. <laughs> no, there were boots that are late. Uh, 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 again, I'm being sketchy here. Don't confuse me at the top of the show. My carefully prepared agenda is already all over the place. <laughs> they were great big um, boots, obviously, like Gulliver War, that flapped down over the knee. Right. They were like knee, just and, and you pulled them down over the knee, and they allowed you to take one pace that was seven leagues. Oh, okay. Giant paces. I was I, thinking football leagues. I was no, they're, they're seven league boots. Oh, uh, okay. It wouldn't be a bad name for a, uh, a football podcast, by the way. And speaking of which, if you've not heard this before, and people have said you should listen to this, um, as the old joke runs, it's educational because when it's finished, you say, "Well, that taught me a lesson." <laughs> Uh, but uh, here's, we were called for um, a very good company. They're called, um, not Seven League, what they called? Uh, the uh, something else. Yes. Uh, that's who make this uh, extravaganza. Uh, and they make um, one um, a podcast called the Fred and Rose West Tapes. There's a big poster for it in the toilets here. Well, we're the other end of the scale we're from the that. Counterbalance. We're the counterbalance to that. We are not. Well, quite why anyone would want to immerse oh, themselves. Oh, everyone loves a bit of true in, crime. In, don't I don't know. You knock it. I don't know. Uh, anyway, but uh, so there's a one end of the corridor. There's that, and coming along through various other shades, it gets to the lightest of all uh, the good tree houses. So a very good morning to everybody. Uh, that's all we've got time for. <laughs> uh, so how about this? Um, uh, today, and, and, and again, we're timeless, not topical, but I do try to um, uh, shine a torch into the uh, nooks and crannies around that may be relevant to the day we recall. Okay, by the time yeah. you hear it, who knows? Who knows? I could be dead in the ground, long gone oh, by now. Oh, It's coming, no. peps. Don't worry about that. Never mind the Fred and West, Rose West tapes. You know, if you've got to look forward, you know, we're on the eternal march towards the grave. And that's all we've got. <laughs> anyway. Um, we but, want to be the other end. Well, we are the other end. And we make light of it, okay, as um, Shakespeare did in in, in one of his shows. Uh, so uh, Thomas Edison, yes, uh, Mr. Lightbulb, and the gramophone, of course, right? uh, yeah, and the talking doll. The talking doll. Oh, <laughs> he, uh, he my was... mum had one of those. I was terrified. Yeah, my sister went, nah. Yes! Nah. It, it lived at my nan's and nah. I found it in a cupboard. Mum said, oh, that was my doll. And it walked, uh, like it sort of walked mm. along the arms moved. And then you tip it? her back and she'd go, Ugh. oh, I hated that doll. Uh, it, it, my sister's one said, uh, V A A A A. Uh, uh, no, I'm not into this thing. All clowns are scary, and you know, toys in themselves are scary. But the talking doll, oh. and, and in the end, the um, thing inside it that made it go there, that came loose, and you could rattle her. Ooh. Yeah, and occasionally in the middle of the night, it would go on its own. Uh, speaking of which, we have an update on ah. the. In a moment, we'll do an update uh, on what may have been the premature burial, <laughs> like a hamster. 
<laughs> of, uh, of the Ladybird on from the last um, program. Mm. So Thomas Edison, he uh, he invents the um, he, he's got plenty. Of, he's there's no off position on the genius switch. Yeah. There's a million laughs. So he invents a light bulb. Yeah. Sits down, comes up with the uh, talking doll, and then the gramophone. And the very first thing he recorded, you probably know this, what he recorded himself saying. It's out there. You can listen to it. It's extraordinarily. I think it's probably a six CD set by now. But uh, he did Mary Had a Little Lamb. Oh, right? I was going to say the thingy Bob, I want you. But isn't that Alexander Graham Bell? Wasn't that the first phone call? Oh, yes. He's, could yeah. you come in here yeah. for a moment? Yeah. That's yeah, right. He, uh, yeah, yeah. Or is that television? That was John Logie Baird. <laughs> that was television. They were big on three names, weren't they? Yeah, big on that. Them and assassins. They, 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 they do that. Uh, so, um, where was... Yes, yeah, so he does Mary Had a Little Lamb. Mm. Now, Mary Had a Little Lamb. Uh, who wrote Mary Had a Little Lamb? Here's the patriarchy at work. Who wrote Mary Had a Little Lamb? I don't know. You know, if it had been written by Bob Dylan, it, everyone would be all over it. Oh, it's Dylan's... It's actually written by uh, Sarah Hale. Oh, right? like the two old ladies that wrote Happy Birthday. Exactly. Yeah. Sarah Hale wrote it. Uh, although um, uh, uh, Mary Sawyer, who was the Mary... I'm liking this bag, by the way. It's good, isn't it? I went to a website where you can download music for nothing. <laughs> you pay for it. Um, I'm already $180 into this show. This better turn out to be a good racket. Um, and this is one of them. That's jazzy. Like Maybe we enjoy it, it for a second. Uh, the show begins any second now. Any second now we get going. So Mary Sawyer, who was it? Uh, for some reason, 50 years after, you know, she was fed up with people saying, excuse me, I'm sorry to bother you, but are you the Mary from Mary Had a Little Net? Yeah, I am, yeah. Oh, did you know uh, Sarah Hale, who was a, her school teacher, who wrote it? She's based on a true story. That's the oh, funny thing. It's based okay. on a true story. And she said, well, actually, I don't think she did, because John Ralston, who was a novice reverend, uh, he wrote it. And there was this whole, yeah, and oh. it turns out not true. That's not Who the point. Who to believe? Who to believe, right? So, uh, uh, but it's a true story. Right. So do it. Do Mary Had a Little Lamb. Mary Had a Little Lamb. Its fleece was white as snow, and everywhere that Mary went, that lamb was sure to go. It followed her to school one day, and that for that was against the rule Rules. or something? It made the children laugh and laugh. Something like to that. To see a lamb in school. To see a lamb in school. What Go on. next? Exactly. There are five more verses. Oh, there are five more verses. And you are blessed, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Fred oh. and Rose West tapes, to, uh, here on the treehouse, to hear for the first time, possibly ever, the rest of Mary Had a Little Lamb. And then we'll start the show. You've been very good with the emails. Here we go. Oh, I thought it was going to be Thomas Edison. <laughs> no, no, here we go. And so the teacher turned him out. But still he lingered near and waited patiently about till Mary did appear. And then he ran to her and he laid his head upon her arm and as if he said, be not afraid, you'll keep me from all harm. What makes the lamb love Mary so? The eager children cry. Oh, Mary loves that lamb, you know, the teacher did reply. And you, each gentle animal, animal in confidence may bind and make them follow at your call if you are always kind. Now, why oh, did that fall that's, off? That's a lovely life lesson it fell at off the end. Like a lamb's tail when they tie that knot in it uh, and that's gone and I'm going to do this I don't care I don't care because I went into nursery rhymes oh after okay that. right uh, right you look which, at me as if to I'm say familiar having a nearly four year old son so let's let's agree on the classic nursery rhymes and I promise you then the show starts diddle diddle dumpling that's a tremendous thing to say my son John went to bed with his trousers yeah but just saying diddle diddle dumpling yep. there's plenty in that uh, hickory dickory dot yes Brilliant. Again, this nonsense. Diddle doodle dumpling. Hickory dickory dock. They knew what they were doing. Pulling stuff out of the air. Uh, 
Quando, no, no, Quando, Quando isn't, is it? That's an Engelbert Humperdinck song. I've just written that down. Seesaw Marjorie Daw. Oh, I, do you know what? I don't think I've talked about Oh, no, I do. do I, no, I say that at the park, actually. He looks at me a bit bewildered. I didn't know that um, on, uh, you know, Vic and Bob's, uh, not big night out, but uh, a shooting, shooting stars. stars. Marjorie Dawes. Oh, Marjorie Dawes. Oh, I didn't know that. It is. I know. Yeah. It's only when I wrote it down, I thought, uh, uh, Marjorie Dawes. Of course it is. Uh, Seesaw Marjorie Dawes. Uh, Aiken Drum. I don't know that Oh, Aiken Drum. I played upon a ladle, a ladle, a ladle. Don't look at me like that, Bess. You've never heard Aiken Drum? No. I, honestly. Let me ask you that again. You've never heard Aiken Drum? No. And this is the, that's the first time those two words have ever been used together in my presence. Great name, Aiken. A-I-K-E. Aiken Drum. Wee Willy Winky, I'm familiar with. But that, don't talk about everyone knows Wee Willy Winky. That's, that's public domain. It's like the Fred and Rose West tapes. But uh, uh, but uh, happily, Aiken uh, uh, Drum. Can I just say, I'm so glad this is back. But yeah. carry on. Aiken, his hat was made of good cream cheese. No? His coat was made of good roast beef. Sounds delicious. His waistcoat made of a crust of pies. His buttons were penny love. You don't know about Aiken Drum? It sounds like Wilbur's dream. And he played Dinner. upon a ladle. That's a terrible thing. No. That's a terrible... It's like people turning around My and saying... parents let me down. They've never heard Sweet Baby James. Anyway, later on in the show, I'm going to bring you the seven verses of Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Oh, now that is a favourite in our house, so I will gladly take those on. Written by... We are going to start the show Some any old lady. second now. Exactly. <laughs> See, if I'd have said that, uh, uh, written by Jane Taylor. Oh. Based on her well poem, done, Jane. The Star. And we'll, we'll get around to that in a second. By the way, it's um, also the very first ever state in America today. Oh. What was the first state. And what the point of being the first state was, I don't know. Uh, uh, because of its name, Georgia. Oh, I King see. George. Well, Virginia as well, of course. Oh, for, yeah, of course. No, it wasn't. The first state was Delaware. Oh. Yeah. Now, not, you're not going to tell me you don't know the song What Did Delaware Boys What Did Delaware? Delaware? No, of course. I'm a big Gene Kelly fan. That's in one of his. It's a great song. In, uh, uh, Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Why Did California? Why Did California? She called to say Hawaii. She called to say. Oh, that, <laughs> we could play music on this show and I didn't have to pay $180 just to have, have a tuba going up and down in the background. Very good morning to everybody. Uh, what subjects? Mm. Peps, don't hold me up any longer. What subjects are we doing? Number one. The first words your future partner ever said to you. I um. Come on, you must remember first. Yeah. Uh, when did I make never forty years? Mm-hmm. It was probably nineteen uh, seventy-nine. Uh, I think I probably walked up to her, rattled the ice in my whiskey, and said, "Yeah, yeah, I make a lot of money." Uh, no, I, I, I've no idea. <laughs> That's a steep mark. That's uh, probably like. I, but no, I, I, I don't. Head. I don't. Well, you worked in the same office, didn't you? So it would have been something really innocuous, probably. No, she worked in the advertising department, and uh, I worked at the editorial at NME, and they were some distance apart. But Wendy engineered it, so she got a job in the editorial department. I'm not saying my wife knows what she's doing, but she, I was a catch. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. Uh, so we're asking people, what was the first words your partner ever said to you? Number two, born in neither home nor hospital. Where were you born? Uh, I was born in hospital. Uh, Two beds down from uh, Trevor Brookings' child. What? Yes. Yes. What what was the private hospital, was it? No, no. Haroldwood Hospital no longer exists in uh, in Havering, as you would well know. No. And, uh, yeah, about two... Around the same time, because in the same ward, Trevor Brookings' wife... That's that's an even better subject. Who were you born alongside? Well, weirdly, (laughs) I met someone a couple of months ago... 
uh, and to the course that I had to take her date of birth down and she said oh the, the 3rd of August and I said oh where were you born and she said oh you won't know it's a place called Harold Wood she was born in the same ward as well I that went is, oh did your mama know about Trevor Brookin that is I was born at home I was born at home oh. 51 Congress but that House was, that, was quite, that was quite the norm actually wasn't it Nurse but... Walker Dean delivered me my mum used to say Nurse Walker Dean she was so lovely 9 o'clock on a Saturday morning my, oh. dad, my dad was was you born on a Saturday no no just 9 o'clock on a Saturday morning oh, oh I see <laughs> Now, I, I arrived, as my mum always says, I arrived in time for lunch, and oh. thus my life was set as well, a path. My, my old man was going on a Beano with Monday, 200, face. 200 other dockers, and they were loading up the coach. I'm not joking. They were, they were loading up the coach to go down to Margate, and somebody came running around the corner and said, Spud, Spud, Bet's gone into labour. And he went, what, what's that mean? You've got Tell her I've gone. <laughs> he went, was that last day, though? Didn't it? No, and he had to go home, and he missed out on one of the great blowouts of all <laughs> Docker's history. And over the my course of my relationship with my dad, which was a tremendous one, he mentioned that uh, once or twice. Maybe? Every birthday of mine. Of course, you know where I was going though you was born, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think, I think my cousin Geraldine gave birth to one of her children in the car. Did she? She had very quick labours. By the time she got to her, like Shelley Peas, Jessie, Rosie, Scarlett, Kieran. Uh, by the time she got to number four, she just gave birth to him at home. She was, There's no point trying to get to the hospital. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, but we're asking, and all these subjects remain open. As I say, you could be listening to this after. We're long gone. But you, you send the email in, and Phil will still be here. It's in his contract. Uh, and he has to put them on the table. Uh, so what else are we doing? <laughs> Number three we finally reached. Unbelievable true excuses. Yep. Oh, I like the dog ate the homework is mm. a given, but maybe a dog really did once. Snails once had a script I was writing. <laughs> I promise. They can, actually, can't they? Yes, they, they really do. go through they, it. Um, uh, I was writing a script with Chris Tarrant. Remember he used to do a thing called Dick... Um, oh, Private. Yeah. Aid. Private, yes, on, uh, the, Dick, on the breakfast show, not, yes. Uh, what was his, uh, uh, Dick Tarrant, private, oh, something like yes. that, wasn't it? And, yes, uh, it was. And I wrote a couple of episodes of that. And the very first one I wrote, oh, Becca, oh, come on, you know, I'll give you 50 quid. <laughs> and I sat in my garden and wrote it. And I won't like you, I had a couple of glasses of wine by the end of the night in an orgy of self-congratulation. This was good stuff. And I went in and had dinner, and then I watched the football match, and I thought I'd carry that on in the morning, and left the script out in the garden. It was only three pages long. And when I came, overnight... The snails had found it. I thought, mm, mm, tastes like biro ink. We love the biro ink. And it was just it was torn to pieces. And Chris, where, where, Baker, where's my script? We're waiting for her up here. You know, the bike rider coming. I said, some snails have eaten it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Baker. <laughs> <laughs> he did snails it, but that's a true, true story. So, uh, what, is there one more there, perhaps? Uh, number four, how bad were you at art? How um, bad were you at art? You're pretty good. I'm okay, right. considering my dad. Um, is, an is an architect and an artist on the side. Yeah. And my mum's very creative in sort of sewing and, and flowers well, and things good. like that. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm not okay. I'm, I, 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 don't, I haven't inherited my dad's talent. I couldn't Definitely paint. not. Since school. It's like saying to me, write a song. I, I could sit on a desert island for, for three years. I, I couldn't write you a song. I, it's I think I could. Of, I've never oh, bothered, but no. I think I could write a good song. No, I would never. I, listening to some sort of classical music is just. A, I sometimes think Ow. that I could have written loads of great songs. Um, and uh, at, so uh, the, the, at school, in the 
60s mm. and 70s and probably the 80s as well. Uh, it wasn't finesse, the art departments of school. When you had right, art yes. class and there was a big jug of paintbrushes, some were very, very round and fat and some were very thin uh, and you first come, first served. And sometimes trying to do detail <laughs> on the LP covers I was doing with something that was <laughs> half inch across and should have really been painting the, uh, the skirting board. That was it. You could do it. And, and uh, you know, and two, two or three colours. But, uh, again, I don't want to pull you into a, uh, a reverie. So uh, we're done with that, are we? Oh, just a reminder that do you know who you were talking to just then? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's still... Well, everything's still running. But well, we've got a couple of callers as well. Mm. Uh, and uh, part of me thinks you've already had enough entertainment. But uh, we will be here for a little longer. Uh, Peps, what have you got over there? Well, we had... One of our first topics was inadvertent theft. And Ian tweeted us. And I, this is just too lovely. I found an innocently honest friend methodically posting the Sunday Times section by section through the too small letterbox of a closed newsagent's <laughs> when he'd realised he'd picked up two by mistake and only paid for one oh. and realised once oh. upon home. What a head-scratcher for the newsagent. But every time, of course, he passed the, as there used to be, a local police station, he would have looked on that glass board outside expecting to see his face. Do you know this man? <laughs> this notorious <laughs> press... Let's go post it, <laughs> The literal press baron. Alan Struthers uh, got in touch over Twitter, but mainly I, I, I urge it to come through the uh, email address. And, um, or you can leave. Oh, we've got. Oh, well, I'll do that in a sec. Um, uh, Alan Struthers, this is. Do you know who you were talking to? He had to spend a couple of days in Houston, Texas mm. on business, and he got very friendly uh, with a Senator John Connolly over there. Uh, and he thought, oh, that's good. He said, but we spoke about everything, sports and games and, you know, what we do back home and how. And we got real close, and at the end of it, we promised to keep in touch and never did. Uh, and at the end of it, it says, so, on the plane going home, his friend said, so, you and Senator John Connolly, what do you say? What do you mean, what do you say? Well, what did he say? Well, he, he said, you know, the the, uh, the, uh, the the fire brands have got a good t- chance in the in the tournament this year. And uh, no, no, no. But what do you say about you know? No. Well, do you know Senator John Connolly? Yeah, he was in the car with Kennedy when Kennedy oh. was assassinated. Oh. oh yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, it's a tricky one to bring up. I don't know. I'd have to say, after a couple of whiskeys, and we've discussed whether the firebrands are going to take the pennant, I don't know, uh, you say, so then, uh, lucky all you. <laughs> Although I believe he was shot in the thigh by the magic bullet. But, yeah, how about that? Didn't know who he was talking to. Uh, OK, let me well, bring you this. Oh, go on, Peps, give no, us While we're on that, we do have a caller... Oh. Jeremy, who is calling about, do you know who you were talking to? And what are we supposed to do about that? Bring him on. Do you want him? No, we shouldn't do that. People are good enough, even in the old days of being live, to take time out of their working days, we presume, could be a bum. We don't yeah. know. Uh, but who was his name? Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Danny, how are you doing? Good as gold, Jeremy. I do appreciate your calling, even though from love, of course, I always say that sort of thing. Uh, Jeremy, uh, is this one of those when people had to say, you know who that was? What's the story? Yeah, most definitely is, Danny, most definitely is. Go it's on. Uh, dating back quite a long time ago. Um, I got married to an American girl well done. in 1983. How did you meet an American girl? Because that, uh, Wendy knows this, that was always my dream, to marry an American girl. Yeah, I was very lucky, actually. We, uh, you were. She worked in the New York office of, my, of the company I worked for in London, yeah. and I went over on a business trip. We met, um, went out to dinner, 
We, I think I met her in January of 1983. We married in August. Oh, oh, oh well, that's beautiful. a real story. love story. It's, it's, it's uh, an absolutely uh, delightful story. And uh, just to sort of add a, a little bit more to it, we're mm-hmm. still married, 36 years. Oh, oh lovely. I didn't yeah. want it to be any year later she left no, me. And, and when you say American, of course, that's a generic. Whereabouts is, is, is this woman from? She, she hails from upstate New York. Oh, even better. Even better. Oh, yeah. so you've got the, the whole dream. Connecticut thing going. It is. Look at me and you, it's an perhaps. Abs- it's, it, it is an absolutely We've beautiful slumped. part of the world. I had no idea until I married. It's, uh, uh, it's so spectacular. So having brought us all different from New York City. So ha- having brought us all down uh, like the West tapes. Were... Yeah. Oh, beg your pardon, sorry. No, it's, it's all right. I, I'm just I'm seething. That's all. <laughs> Realise I've wasted the last forty years. I'm talking from Don't love wind. Uh, so who was it you were talking to that um, uh, turned out to be someone? Well, in 1983, we spent our first Christmas in Miami, where her parents live during the winter. They live in the uh, upstate New York in the summer because her father <laughs> is a very stolen good your life. golfer. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and to show uh, willing, I uh, accepted an invitation to join him for breakfast at his golf club, the Lagorse Club in uh, Miami. Mm-hmm. And we sat down at one of the tables. It's a kind of a casual affair. You couldn't book or anything like that. You just, mm-hmm. you know, if there's a vacant table, you sat down. Mm-hmm. And we joined this chap. We had breakfast together. And he was introduced to me as Joe. Mm-hmm. And they talked about well, how the course was playing, how the greens were playing. To be honest with you, Danny, hadn't got a clue what they were and talking me about. Neither. Was a, me neither. I was, I was only a young man, and golf is, is, is absolutely not my sport. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of glad when, uh, when the breakfast was over. My wife drove along, rescued me. Uh, to drive us uh, both back to the hotel where we were staying. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, I see you met Joe. I said, yeah, yeah, it seems a, seems a nice enough fella. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, you know, what, what line of work is he in? He said, and she said, do you know who you were talking to? Do you know who you had breakfast with? I said, yes, some fella called Joe. And she said, that was Joe DiMaggio. No, sir. Yeah. No, sir. Yes, it was Joe DiMaggio. And where have you she, gone, Joe DiMaggio? We know now, to breakfast uh, in uh, Florida. Uh, abs- absolutely. And I was... She gave me a withering look of disbelief, literally wondering what kind of person she'd married. I mean, that said, I don't know what I'd have said to Joe DiMaggio any more than Jerry Seinfeld would know what to say to Stanley Matthews. You know, <laughs> or Bobby Charlton. Oh, Bobby Charlton, indeed. But, but do you know what? I bet he thought this guy, this is my kind of guy. He's not interested in the. He's old... playing it cool, quite clearly. I mean, this is the, this is the fellow that was uh, played all his career. At the uh, found out later for the New York Yankees. I believe he uh, married Marilyn Monroe. Uh, yeah. He was one of the most famous sportsmen. One of the most in famous the Joes. And baseball Hall of Famer. And uh, well, you know, I only I know. I haven't got a clue. I only know one, and it's and, and forgive me. We even though we're a podcast, I'm free to say what we want. I Peps will tell you. We don't go below the waist. Ew. We don't. Do, but I only know one story about Joe DiMaggio and Marilyn Monroe. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, Joe used to tell this. And in fact, Angus Deaton News used to he told me this first, um, which I've since had verified. And I'm sorry to do this, but uh, apparently on I've told you I think Peps off the air that? once. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I just all right. I, I can't tease them, not do it. Uh, sorry, Gemma, I'm going to say it. So apparently on their uh, first night together, Marilyn Monroe uh, in the hotel room needed to use the bathroom. And the old trick, she thought, well, I don't want that noise. So she ran the bath taps uh, uh, while she took her ease, you see. And then at the end of it, uh, you know, and turned the taps off again and came back out. And Joe, who was reading the sports pages, apparently looked up and said, Christ, Marilyn, you piss like a horse. Um, uh, now, I, I'm sorry to say that to you, but that's the only story I know. That's the only story I know. Uh, uh, and I'm sorry to you. We will never go there again. But So you didn't keep in touch with Joe, huh? 
Well, I've got to add a, a slight postscript, a postscript to the story. Yeah. Um, we, a few years later, uh, we, have, we have a couple of sons, and, you know, they were young, so I bought them the obligatory baseball glove each. Oh. Um, and just, you know, because I, I spent quite a bit of time in the States. Yeah. So I asked my father-in-law if he could ask Joe to sign the gloves, which I didn't think was unreasonable, only to find, find out that Joe actually didn't own his signature. No. No, he didn't. He, oh, it was owned man. By, it, was owned, it was owned by a syndicate, <laughs> a, a, sporting, a sporting memorabilia syndicate, <laughs> and he literally was not allowed to sign anything. Oh, um, I, I do know. I like that. Standing at the, at the supermarket. He, he couldn't sign his <laughs> bar bills, his restaurant bills, anything like that at the golf club. He just wow. uh, wrote his uh, his number down, his, his membership number down, and he couldn't even sign his scorecard when he was playing golf. I, I, man. That's right, initial dad. So we were left disappointed. So there is no physical evidence of the very close relationship I had with Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> oh, I've got to tell uh, you, my, my friend. My friend Joe DiMaggio. I've got to tell you, my friend, this has been a supreme call uh, and you are our second oh, sap. Jeremy! When we get the paperwork done and, and we're going to send you, Jeremy, you uh, we're doing 50 saps over the course of this and once we've got our 50, it doesn't matter if it's next week at the moment we've only got two uh, but you, my friend, are an honorary sap on the programme. Saps rising, bless you. That was a fantastic well, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much indeed. And I apologise for the off-colour story but it was worth it, I think. It was <laughs> I think worth it was. It. I could have said P but that's a bit twee. Uh, so and he wouldn't have said that. No, no. You have to go with a quote. Uh, and, and, and I think, you know, that, that's a story that, uh, uh, if I might be so old-fashioned as to say, both genders would say, yeah, that, that's Resonate. pretty much what happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, there's a tremendous call about didn't know you were talking to. I didn't, earlier on when I said uh, Edison and all of that, mm. it, 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 unusually, and because there's no opposition on the genius switch, I noticed it's Ira Gershwin's birthday as well. Oh! As we speak, uh, the birthday of uh, the gramophone, the very first. Here's something we'll do. And I haven't looked at the um, Instagram page. <laughs> you uh, do surprise me. Uh, well, no, no I, 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 I would, because I love the Twitter, you know. Uh, and I hope some of the things we're doing on there are being curated. The uh, windows you're looking out of. I've seen a few oh, yes, of those. We need to, yeah. the dullest, we're doing the dullest advent Canada, calendar. Things you can see out your window that are particularly dull. Uh, and we get 12 of those, I think, is what you need. But... Uh, Equally, because it's the um, anniversary of the gramophone, how about this? This will be, this will be nice. Because it's the anniversary of the gramophone, one of my favourite things to do. Uh, and then I've got a story about Garth Hudson of the band in this. <laughs> is put an album cover on your head in the manner of the Pope's mitre. Oh, OK, yes. You know. It fits beautifully. It does. It, and who amongst us can say that you haven't at one time taken your favourite album or an album you're playing and just sat there with the album cover. Hunky Dory is a beautiful Pope's mitre. It is. It really works. So if you want to take a photograph of yourself mm. wearing an album cover on your head like the Pope's mitre, that is how we'll honour the uh, birth of the gramophone Wait, at, at Thomas Edison. You say that reminds me of a story I was once told, that if you leave a saucepan in a room mm-hmm. at a party with a bunch of people, one of them will put it on really? their head. Now, see, that and doesn't... lo and behold, it happened. I have a photo no. somewhere of my friend... Jimmy with the saucepan on his. If you leave a saucepan out where people are being convivial, one of them will put it on their head. I'd see, that, it's a that, test that, that over I, Christmas. That I find leave less. Leave a clean saucepan around. I, I find that less magnetic than an album cover. Well, but it, it, again, in the days of sketch show comedy, which were long past, there was always a doctor's waiting room with a young boy sitting yes. there. With
with a saucepan lodged on his head. I don't think that's ever happened in real life. Uh, what have you got stuck on your head? Mm. It's a beautiful subject. Remind me to write that down afterwards, yep. perhaps. Uh, but the point being, for there might be a point, uh, Edison... Gramophone. Uh-huh. Ira Gershwin's birthday. Yes. Ira Gershwin, of course, wrote Thomas Edison in one of his most famous lyrics. They all laughed. Oh. They all laughed at uh, Christopher Columbus when he said the world was round. They all laughed when Edison discovered sound. Uh, and not only that... That's beautiful. But further on in it, uh, they say Wilbur and his brother. Oh, they do, yes. That's, that's it's one of the little few, boy. few Wilbur mentions out there. Also says, uh, uh, with Marconi, wireless was a phony. But ho, 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 who's got the last laugh now? Let me read you something Mm -hmm. uh, I've got over here. So, this is uh, from our subject. We're having a good time, aren't we? We're having a good time, aren't we? We're having a good time, aren't we? Uh, This is... um, uh, What one shall I do? I like this. This is affecting an accent. This is from a couple of shows ago, but it doesn't matter. I'm always willing to hear from you. Affecting an accent. Why on earth would you affect an accent? If you like, this is from our friend Oliver. Oliver Nielsen. If it was Nielsen's birthday, then we'd really oh, know the gods are, are smiling yeah. on us. Uh, a few lifetimes ago, I used to work for a phone company answering their customer service lines. Well done. Oh. I would take calls about people's phone bills, sort out any problems, and after a few minutes, uh, we said goodbye, never to speak again. After a couple of months of this, it began to seem a little samey, sorting out the same problems over and over. To break the monotony, I would occasionally affect different accents to pass the time. <laughs> Bravo. All well and good. One particular evening, I attempted a kind of glad. Glaswegian twang with a caller. This is a stretch from my normal, fairly plummy English voice. The customer, however, had a fairly major problem that needed addressing, something to do with rewiring the whole block of flats and installing (laughs) multiple phone lines. The unfortunate upshot of this was that I had to phone him on a weekly basis for about six months to check up on progress. This meant, in our crowded office, I would get a hangdog expression, pick up the phone and spout (laughs) forth, Hey, hello there, it's Oliver, you know, from uh, the the call centre, by the way. Uh, in my homespun Glaswegian, as my colleagues would slowly turn and stare at me in wonder. As the weeks turned into months, my accent began to improve based on studying Billy Connolly and Taggart to the point <laughs> I was quite proud of it at the end. I'm not sure what the customer made of it, but I was getting more Glaswegian by the week. Bravo, Oliver. That's the style. Oh, hey, <laughs> by the way, don't suck your whole street, etc. <laughs> but any time you've had to affect an accent, we would love to hear from you. Same from over there, Peps. Right. This is from Simon. Sorry, I just You've sneezed. got a rotten cold, haven't you? I have a rotten cold. I and hope I'm means... not passing it to you. Yes, you will. Yeah. Go on. Uh, it's from Simon. Uh, on the subject of who your grandparents met but never talked about that you have mentioned, mm-hmm. I submit a meeting that my grandfather didn't even know was auspicious. Right, you've got to bear with this. <laughs> you, you, that bear with literally, literally uh, when we do the next show on Tuesday, which comes out on Wednesday, that's the subtitle of the show. <laughs> right, you've got to bear with this. <laughs> you've got to bear with this. That'll be our subtitle, as today's is, that seven-league boot thing. Continue. My wife's grandfather was a stage actor in the 30s and 40s called Walter Fitzgerald. And in 1942 was a colonel in the Noel Coward film In Which We Serve. Oh, how wonderful. This is brilliant. He passed away a long time ago before my wife was born and we never met him. Hmm. However, a couple of years ago, we were going through my own grandfather's war diaries. During the war, he served on board a destroyer as a ship's writer. Oh, that's a plum job. 
Yeah, ship's writer. No, it's a very important job. Mm-hmm. Responsible for paperwork accounts and record keeping. Mm-hmm. One of the events he recounted was hosting the film crew for the film in which we serve. Oh, this is beautiful. And used his destroyer for location shots. He was the liaison between the captain and the film crew. So we're almost certain that he would have met the grandfather of his future grandson's wife. Oh. They both passed away and we can never confirm this story, but then no one can deny it either. Hang on, he met the grandfather... So his... both grandfather, one grandfather that is acting in the film, and one is the, the other grandfather is the oh, liaison for the film, and they that would have beautiful. met and never know. My, f- forgive me for long-time listeners, but occasionally uh, we get new ones, and they may not know that in the world of great and startling coincidence, of which there are very few, most you read about you think are generic or you know, uh, and, but this uh, was in, of course, in the Fortean times. I think I told you before, uh, a fella's mother died and they were clearing out the house. Do you remember this? And he went round with his wife to clear out the mum's house and they were getting all the old photos and as you do at times like that, you sit there and say, oh look, there's a big old box of photos look at me there, you know and the wife sits down the side of you and might indulge you and say, oh, should we get on with it? Now look, oh, that Christmas and you're going through your mum's photos you kept in a bag or a box and then he found, he said, I think this is the come come here, go on, we've got to do this come here, just one more, look, that's the first photo I think ever of me and he was on the pier at South End on the sea yes and his mum and dad were holding his hand and she went show us and she looked at it and she went um she she went behind the little girl behind that's me and it's verified and it's true there was this photograph of this kid on South End Pier and behind was a little girl looking towards the camera and that was his wife now that I don't want to throw into sharp relief your story there but that is extraordinary coincidence any of those you've got of course of course we'll uh, piggyback on those what you got there Peps um, we we have a caller waiting do we? Should, should we we'll do a quick one before I, I know when to say the callers are starting to be a nuisance but they're starting to be a nuisance <laughs> uh, <laughs> Peps and I are talking for the love of God uh, no I don't who, who is with us this right now? We've got Andy. Of course, Andy. It's always an Andy. Hey, Andy, I apologise for my usual brusque, not to say rude introduction. Hey, Andy. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Lou. Good morning, oh, to you. I've been called a nuisance before, so that's nothing no, new. No, that's it. You know, when I, uh, you're one of our honorary nuisances. You can write that down. That's in your. Uh... Oh, that's correct. I could have the badge to go with that, can but, I? Before you continue, Andy, we've actually, yeah. courtesy of the great Wisby. Duncan Wisby is a, a star in his yeah. own right, but he's a great friend of the show, and he, uh, he, you know, he used to do the "Good morning, everybody." Yeah. He's actually yeah. done us a new one for our phone number, whereby you, you can leave the noise of dying toys or anything <laughs> you want to leave on, and that's how Andy, of course, came to us. He's, he left it on the phone number. We said, "Can we ring him?" And we rung him back. But here it is, inaugural, in honour of your call, Andy. This is Wisby's. Oh, <laughs> We're on the few shows that's so proud of a jingle. We the show's <laughs> own telephone jingle. Here we go, everyone. Stand by your beds. Give it plenty of room. This is from Wisby. Here we go. If you wish to telephone the show, please call the exchange on this number. You'd look to oh, 725-05686, my dear. You'd look to Seven two five oh five six eight six. Give us a call. Hey, Wisby, oh. how about that? And that's for you, Andy. You're the first one who's done that, and here you are, Andy. Why are you tugging? Well, there we go. Why are you tugging our coat? Right. Well, I've got to sort of tell you about um, not knowing who you were talking to. Okay, go on, my friend. 
Now, I've had this uh, story lurking around for ages. I just wanted you to come up with a, a topic so I could actually fit it in without shoehorning it in somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, you can ring us about but, uh, anything. My, my um, bizarre signposts are just the flavour of it. But go on, go on, Andy. I'm a, I'm a patient guy. I've only waited about eight years for this one. So, anyway, it was um, back in about 1990. Um, I'd just become uh, manager of a small valeting company, an eSports workshop manager. Of a I'm what? A small, a small what? Car valeting business. Oh, car valeting. OK, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, probably um, promoted way above my pay grade, but fine. The, the boss had faith in me, so that's cool. Anyway, um, one day, uh, ignoring all the um, the no-entry signs, the keep-out signs or whatever, this Porsche drives straight into our workshop. And was like, OK, fair enough. And this, um, let's describe as a hefty guy, huh. unfolds himself from this low-level Porsche and um, enters the workshop. And uh, being keen, I'm straight over to him, give him the old, good morning, what can we do for today, sir? This is blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, right, he's a bit a bit stony face, shall we say. OK, fair mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get on kind of a, a level ground. And then suddenly he starts saying to me, um, that's all very good, but I don't want you to touch the boot. Right. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Don't want to touch the boot. Oh, somebody, somebody's got whacked. Yeah, go on. Yeah, don't touch the boot. Don't touch the glove box. Right. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Don't touch the stereo. I remember being very specific about the stereo. So, okay, yeah, fine. That's okay. No problem. We can work around there. Don't damage the wheels. All right. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Look at it. We were planning on it. It, it, This is spinal tap. Now, don't even, don't even look at it. Don't, don't. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be an easy job for thinking. Okay. And uh, then he goes to a few more bits and pieces, and he says, "I've checked the mileage. Do not drive the car." Right. Okay. What a trusting soul. Yeah. 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 Okay. For, but I know what he means. He means don't get in it and thrash it around the streets. Yeah. Which is um, it's a Porsche. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not that interested. Okay. Fair enough. Mm. Fine. Okay. Um, so we're going through that. And it says, uh, and I said to him in a kind of jokey fashion, rather like you've been just saying there. So she wants to clean it then. Yeah. Yeah. Ha yeah. ha. And uh, I thought, okay, that didn't go down too well. And he's like. <laughs> Okay, he's, got, he's kind of getting a bit twitchy. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, and he stares and says, I want to speak to somebody in charge. Ooh. Okay, fair enough. And I, I'm not that bothered. So I, kind of, I look left and I, I kind of look right and I look back at him with a big smile on my face and said, that would be me. <laughs> uh, okay, that didn't go down too well either. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. all right, okay, I should have approached it slightly better maybe. And he's backing off, backing off, and he's mumbling something and he gets back into his car and reverses back up the driveway. And away he he goes again, right? Okay. Yeah, and we're thinking, uh, okay, and there's four of us, and then we're going, all right, so uh, what was all that about then? What just happened there then? And uh, Roger, the older of our little group, comes over, and he says to me, uh, do you know who that was? I'm like, no, no idea. He says, did you see the number plate on the car? Hmm. I'm like, no, I'm paying attention to that, mate. He says, LZ1. That wasn't, it was, no, it was Jimmy Page. No, Led Zeppelin 1. He said, that was Peter Grant. Oh, Peter Grant, was it? Oh, oh, I I apologise to Jimmy Page and his lawyers (laughs) for thinking he might be so. Now, Peter Grant, uh, notoriously, of course. uh, And you as a former member of Led Zeppelin, The one and only times I'll tell this story on the show. Yeah, you might tell it one day, yeah. I I, I told it to an audience last week. About this, before you continue, 
And yeah. I don't always want to top other people's stories. Let me put that another way. I always want to top up a people's oh, stories. Oh, sure you can, yeah. I told the story of how I was in Led Zeppelin for 35 minutes at a place called Beaudley, uh, at Beaudley Festival. Me and Bob Harris did this night out, and it was very good, and it was sold out. And I said to everyone, I'm going to tell the story of how I was in Led Zeppelin for 35 minutes. People laugh, and I say, no, I really, really was. At the end of it, we were finishing. Somebody shouted out, Andy, uh, go on, tell us how you was in Led Zeppelin. So I told the story. And it's a very funny story. I won't do it. But anyway, and that's how I was in Led Zeppelin, 35 minutes. The thing ended. Nice big round of applause. Uh, Bob Harris and I went for a drink afterwards in a quite crowded hotel bar. I felt my rear end get pinched. I turn around. Yeah. It's Robert Plant. <laughs> it's uh... Robert Plant who was in the audience. Hey, he said, I forgot that. And that, so I just, Robert Plant is, and we both spoke about uh, his manager, Peter Grant. And if you haven't ever read the book that came out about Peter Grant, do it. He was a great, great man. I'm surprised to hear he was a nuisance to you. <laughs> oh, I've heard I've heard he was a, a, a reformer of the record industry. I had no idea who he was. I wasn't... Oh, my, he, I was very uh, much let, naive of that sort of thing. Let me just tell you, he's got a reputation, oh, what a monster, you know, and he was... A, but he, he got his band 90% of the gate. Oh. He, uh, he got... He, they were never yeah. ripped off. Yes, he may have been intimidating. He used to be Mickey Most's uh, partner oh, okay. uh, in, in business. And uh, I'd rather have a manager who intimidated the business where nobody likes him and he got me 90% at the gate than all of these posh types over the years who <laughs> ripped the bands off and left them in penury. So I'm yeah. sorry I'm sorry to hear your experience of him was bad, but a beautiful story, Andy. Absolutely oh, no, was, beautiful story. I'm not saying it was a bad experience. I just said maybe I approached him like from no, the wrong no, angle. No, no, like, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> it's a good, gossipy Peter Grant story. Don't, 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 don't shrink from it. Do not shrink, my friend. And by the way, Andy, if you ever need to ring us again... If you wish to telephone the show, please call the exchange on this number. You'd look to uh, 725-05686, my dear. Oh, look to uh, 725-05686. Give us a call. Isn't that brilliant? And when you ring up, you sound like this, of course. Oh, man, over the years, we're, we're, we're going to have some fun. Nobody has more fun than we do in our little radio treehouse. Give us a sanctum over there, Peps. Now, do you want to hear of the not-so-demise oh, yes. of the ladybird? Already, the legends are building. Now, on the last show, uh, we tried to get going our... <laughs> dying <laughs> the toys recaps get longer again. and longer. Uh, dying toys and things where the batteries are going makes yep. it a very uh, evocative thing to listen to. Take up the story, Peps. So the original had been uh, Wilbur's ladybird toy, which was meant to be sort of white noise, calming to get him to go to sleep. And it, it was it was dying a good few years ago when we recorded it. So I found it in the cupboard and I thought, ah, we will relive this moment live. Hmm. And as we did, the poor thing just conked out. I, be- I beg you go back to the previous show, which was, uh, well, that'd be show th- three? Show three. Show three. Um, and uh, and you can hear the moment on there where, mm. well, Peps is taken out the, like, Pola Negri around Valentino's grave. She has to be assisted from the studio because poor Ladybird passed away live on air. And you gave a wonderful eulogy. Yes, I did. Thank you. Look. Beautiful. Very moving. Oh, yeah, I was. I left here taking Ladybird with me and I was in a lift, a very busy lift, and it sounded like there was music no. in the lift. And no. after a couple of floors, I looked around everyone in the lift, and everyone's looking around, and I suddenly no. went, Oh, I'm ever so sorry, that's my bag, as a little... He revived. He did. 
Like long enough Lazarus. for a little bar. You know when people say they've buried the hamster and you go, you you know, you know it isn't dead. Oh, Hamsters uh, don't die when you think they've... My kids listen to this and even though it's been some years, no, they, 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 we, yeah, we did those little pads on it. So we could try him again. Or we could just say that was that. We, we're but he try, revived we, in the lift. We've got to try him against. We think it's a, a, he was just exhausted. An immortal ladybird. He wasn't exhausted. He died. Oh, he died. That that was a, that hamster was dead. He was gone. And now, because of the power of the love that we bring to the world, mm-hmm. uh, he somehow from beyond the grave. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry, everyone. That's my bag. <laughs> okay. Right. So you've not. Push the button. Since. No, I've not tried it again. We are now going to find out if uh, uh, Wilbur's ladybird actually does have some. We might leg. get as far as the third soul. Here we go. Yes, yeah, oh, it's, it's good. Not only that, it's refreshed. It sounds better, doesn't it? Oh, I've turned him down. Should try we try another soul? Yeah, please. Clear as a bell. He's got better. He's got a half-life. It's, this is like that nuclear waste. It's a little waste. warbly. It's like that nuclear waste that's on a barge going around the world. <laughs> Nobody wants it to dock. <laughs> right, last one. Oh. This one's a little more. He's going. Oh. Mum. He gave of his best. In fact, every show will try him again. Uh, we should dim the lights, join hands, and just hope to hear from him. And maybe he's got little wheels under there. Has he got a what, sorry? Any wheels under there. Because no. we could lay the alphabet out in a circle and he could talk to us. Uh, but Wilbur, as you heard there, we, uh, he, we'll never see his like again unless a little nuisance revives for another another programme out there. Well, this is the continuing story of Wilbur and his dying uh, batteries. This is a... Hang on, my son's not dying. Oh, no, I do apologise. No, Wilbur's dying batteries. Or oh, have an idea for a children's story. <laughs> Wilbur's batteries. This is a, from Mark. This is a tremendous... Are we done? It's got to be the last one. Is it? We're done. Oh, well, this is uh, no. Phil, this when is you a, do when you do the nice, you know, the, the throat cutting, you got to do it at him as well as yeah, me. Yeah, but I don't look round at Phil. <laughs> I don't. I think he's going to give me the old hundred yard stare. Yeah. You said this was going to be a good one. Um, uh, well, here's the thing: we haven't got going really on this. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what I will do. Uh, I'll throw forward. Oh, nice. By the way, they found you as a weather person, didn't they? Uh, Somebody I was found hoping a clip that would be glossed no, over. Great. You were great. I know it's, it's damning with faint praise, but you missed out there. Oh, you could have been very much the uh, Redfuss Carl of your generation. <laughs> uh, now, uh, I said I would do this uh, at the end, but this is the end of Twinkle, Twinkle, oh, yes, Little please. Star. Now, everyone knows, do you do the beginning, perhaps? Twinkle, twinkle, do you want me to... I don't have to sing it, do I? Oh, no. I have to sing it every night when Wilbur goes to bed. No, go on. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. Up above the world so high, like a diamond in the sky. Twinkle, twinkle, little star... Hang on, that's put me off, Mr. How I wonder what you are. How I wonder what you are. Parodied by Lewis Carroll in Alice, of course, is twinkle, twinkle, little bat, how I wonder what you're at. Uh, Up above the earth so high, like a tea tray in the sky. But the original by Jane Taylor... Continued. It continued. When the blazing sun is gone, when he nothing shines upon, then you show your little light, twinkle, twinkle through the night. 
Then the tra- uh, trailer, in, then the traveller in the dark thanks you for his tiny spark. He could not see where to go if you did not twinkle so. In the dark blue sky you keep, and often through my curtains peep, for you never shut your eye till the sun is in the sky. As your bright and tiny spark lights we travellers in the dark, though I know not what you are. Twinkle, twinkle. Little star, how about that? Did you know that those that that was oh, the that's full, charming. that was the full version of it? Now, as soon as I can find the end music, which I think is on number three, uh, we'll get out of here. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Oh no, that's not it. That's, that's, that's not it at all. Hang on one second. Uh, no, that's not it. Hang on. Hold on. That's a cat. Hold on. Uh, oh, I'll end with the same music we started with. So, sorry about that, Wisby. I was going to bring your song in. So uh, that's us. We've achieved nothing except distracted you from this wicked world with hopefully the good deed of the show. When we come back, uh, a Mark story I was going to read there is about famous clothing you have worn. He has worn Princess Margaret's fur coat. Oh. And it's the extraordinary story of Princess Margaret's fur coat with the potato in the pocket. Oh. That's all I'm telling you. You may not wish to. You may want to go for the Fred and Rose West tapes, but otherwise we're done. Thank you to Louise Pepper. Of course, thank you to Phil Wilding and everybody here at Something Else. But as always, chiefly yourselves. How can people uh, get in touch? Well, I'm not going to repeat the phone number because Wisby did it too well. But email thetreehouse at somethingelse.com, Twitter at thetreehousepod, Instagram at thetreehousepod, and of course, do subscribe, rate, and review us, please. Apparently, subscribe, rate, and review is the way forward and I won't shrink from that. Thank you for indulging us everybody. Have a tremendous day and we'll see you again on Wednesday. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.